World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, tropical heat wave going on here in Ohio. Tropical heat wave. It has climbed to 10 degrees here, finally. On our way to, what's it say, 21? Wow. Wow, it's been 22. It's going to get 20. It's been crazy. And you know what's crazy? Friday, huh? This Friday, 59. 59 this Friday. Welcome to welcome to Ohio. I don't know about you guys. Man, what a, uh, the weather just wreaked havoc. havoc. I've never seen anything. I, my wife said, quit saying that. I'm, I'm just, every time I would go outside, I'd say, I, I, I can't believe this. The wind was unrelenting, and especially when you got up to sky high. Holy smoke, that wind never stopped. And then I walked inside. I'm Listen, just let me get, get this off my chest. I walked in sky high, and those who have been up, they got all those windows and all that stuff. I'm telling you, whoever sold me windows, that wind, that wind was coming through those windows, and I don't think the heater up there shut off all weekend trying to keep that up there to 60 degrees. It's amazing. It, it was amazing. I ne- I ne- I'm telling you, in my 70 years of weather, I n- I've never I've never seen anything like it. We didn't have a whole lot of snow, maybe two inches, but it, golly. Well, the wind, well, when I came in last night, the wind had died down a little bit and kind of getting back to normal. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that today, but you know, that was weather manipulated. If you're interested in it, t- text me, put say, coach, send me that. I want to sh- see that weather manipulation because it was, it was weather manipulation for sure. But uh, I'm still no heat. We have no heat in our house. We have no heat. We have no heat. And they're actually down here in my multi-million dollar studio, there was frost on, we have a concrete wall down there. There was frost on that concrete wall. So Michelle and I snuggled a lot. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, good, to have, good to have a 98.6 body in bed with you at night, you know. But we got our, we got our gas fireplace upstairs, and it keeps the upper area pretty uh, pretty good. But again, probably no mail today, so it doesn't look like my my furnace is going to get fixed today. We just got to kind of grin and bear it. Hey, listen, uh, I am doing my Brideon show today. Clay Clark is joining me. Clay Clark, you want to uh, hear a little bit from Clay Clark about what's going on with the Make uh, Make a Wake America tour or whatever? I'm going to be doing that one. A uh, couple of things I want to show you. Give throw my family picture up there. I want to brag a little bit. Some of you have seen it, but this is the first official picture where everybody is in it. Look at that. Can you believe that all of those kids came from just Michelle and I? Can you believe that? November 24th, 1970, help me out, honey, 78, I think I married her. She married me. November 24th, 1978. And who would have ever thunk it? Look at this guy. Isn't that unbelievable? Pretty cool. First one where everybody was there. And by the way, the right in the middle, one of the, green, 
one with the green uh, green shirt on is my son's wife, Scarlett Jackson, the yellow on the back. They got another one coming here in a month. So we're going to go double digits. And this is, in my opinion, this is, this, is, this is why I celebrate Christmas. This is what it's about. Because the opportunity is for family to get together. And yeah, yeah, we spent a lot of money. We spoiled a lot of people. And it was a, it was a great, it was a great Christmas in the Dobbin Meyer house. So I just want to throw that up there. And then I want to throw this up to you because, hey, Spence, if you could, a pull up, it says, uh, uh, blessed with God's word. Now, I'm, I, I, do you guys ever wake up in the middle of the night and can't get back to sleep? That happens to me quite regularly. I wake up and I can't get back to sleep. And, uh, sometimes I got my, I'll reach over and grab my cell phone. And I'll be on my cell phone at three in the morning, just trying to, whatever's keeping me awake. And I came across this. I want, I want to play this. I've been playing this the last few nights in our bed and in, in our bedroom. And this is, 10 consecutive hours, 10 hours of this guy reading Bible verses. Not reading the Bible, reading the Bible verses. And I would find myself, when I would wake up, I'd find myself, I'd hear it. And he would start reading the Bible verse, and all of a sudden, I'd realize, I knew that verse. And he would start it, and I could repeat it. And he would start it, and I could repeat it. And then eventually I'm back to, back to sleep. But just play, just play about a minute of this so y'all can hear what this is. Because you can lay down on your bed at night, plug in your phone, and have the Word of God being spoken over you the whole night long. Ten hours of, of it. Go ahead real quickly. Mark 11, verse 23 and 24. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Psalm 3, verse 8 Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah Psalm 103, verse 1 Bless the Lord, O my soul, soul. and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Matthew 5, verse 6 Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Psalm 84, verse 11 and 12 For the Lord God is a sun and shield, The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Deuteronomy 11 verse 27 A blessing 
If ye obey the commandment of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Jeremiah 29 verse 12 and 13 Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me, and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Psalm 113, verse Okay, that's good enough, folks. So, so look, hey, listen. Uh, this, this thing, for some, I, listen, this brings an anointing into your house, I'm telling you. So if you just if you just uh, sit around the house and you're feeling whatever, got worries on your mind, whatever, just put this on in the black background and let the word of God just permeate your house. And it goes for 10 hours. So I've been the last few nights, I've been laying it right beside my bed and I go to sleep. When I wake up in the middle of the night, whatever wakes me up in the middle of the night, I'm hearing the word of God spoken, spoken over me. So I'll put this in the chat, and uh, it's random. I mean, you don't you don't know what verse is coming. It's not like he's reading through Psalms and then reads through Proverbs. It just grabs a scripture here and throws it out for uh, for ten hours. So uh, grab that thing and run with it if you can. Cool. Uh, a couple questions. Up. Oh, Spencer, real quickly. Uh, experimental life insurance, guys. Look, look. I think I, I think I told you this the other day. I kind of want this to be lighthearted today. It is it is day after Christmas, right? I think I told you this the other day that there's infighting going on on the Luciferian left. The the life insurance guys are going broke because young people are dying from the jab. And they're not going to continue to lose all their money. They're going to point the finger of exactly what's going on. They're going to point the finger at the pharmaceuticals, say, you guys are killing each other. You're kill- what? Oh, yeah. So here's a, just a, a minute and real short clip. Vax deaths or suicides, say, life insurance companies. In other words, people are having members of their family die, and they go to collect life insurance, and the life insurance says, did they take the experimental jab? And the person says, well, yes, they did take that. Yes, they took the flu shot. And they say, oh, sorry. Sorry, that's not covered. This, folks, this is a this is a train wreck getting ready to happen. Go ahead and play this real quick. It's a minute and a half. France, there was an elderly, wealthy businessman who got out life insurance for millions of dollars. He got the COVID vaccine and he died. So the life insurance company is not paying out because they decided that the COVID vaccine is a medical experiment and death from a medical experiment is not a covered entity. Furthermore, even the judge says that the side effects from the vaccine are well known, they've been made public. There's absolutely no way that this gentleman could not have known the side effects. He willingly chose to get the vaccine and he died as a result and because it was a choice, they're calling it a suicide. Um, 
Can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? And suicides, along with death from experimental drugs, are not covered in life insurance. So I know what you're thinking. Oh, that happened in France. That would never happen in the U.S. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, but the American Life Insurance Council has also said that life insurance policies may deny payment if you die from the COVID-19 vaccine because they are experimental drugs. There you go. This is something we thought might happen. We're seeing it happen. You might want to check your policy. Boom. Yep, yep. So I got to thank Serge. Serge sent me Dr. Fauci for Christmas. And uh, he's he's holding a jabber here. But I didn't realize this, Serge, till my granddaughter grabbed this and says, Grampy, he talks. I said, what? So yeah, he talks. I am science. Vaccinate, vaccinate. Social distancing forever. Hey, don't hug your mother. Gag the horse with lots of boosters. Vaccine shorts, booster jabs, will handle the way. I am science. So thanks, Serge. I'm gonna that'll be that'll be a keepsake uh, twenty years from now when me and my family are the only ones left alive in the world. We'll be able to we'll be able to laugh about it. Right? Go ahead, Paul. What do you, what do you think of that one, Paul? I want one <laughs> Can I have one for my office, please? I, I don't know where I don't know where Serge got. Serge, Serge we're getting requests here. Could you put that in the chat, please? Put that video in the chat. I'm going to tell Maine how stupid we are. That's a classic, isn't it? That is a classic. Uh, just a, a couple things. Look, just a couple. I'm going to. Um, I'm going to be lighthearted, but I got something serious I want to talk about here in a second. Uh, hey, so they make a? Do they make a, a Fauci punchum doll? Say it again, Vinny. I'm sorry. Do they make a Fauci punchum doll? Uh, I like one with pin cushions, if that's what you mean. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's, that's what we need. Gag the holes with lots of boosters. Vaccine shorts, booster jabs, will handle You believe it? Hey, folks, we're going to look back on We're going to look back on these days. And we're going to say, what the, what the heck? But now, they're, they're trying to do it again. By the way, I'm wearing a, my wife got me a Rural King shirt. Because I like to go to Rural King because they have free popcorn. I don't know if you guys ever go. They have great. As soon as you walk in, they have great free popcorn. And so I always go to get popcorn. But Michelle got me this. Don't go to TSC. Go to Rural King. So I'm advertising for Rural King here this morning. Michelle did a lot of shopping at Rural King this this weekend, I guess. I'm all over the place this morning. I know I am. I'm going to read that Joe Healy letter here in a second. In fact, I'm going to have you guys help me out because it was really it was pretty amazing. I got a question for you, kind of a serious one. How can that? Uh, how can that bank when that's that 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 uh, that cryptocurrency creep? How can he get bail? Does anybody, anybody know how he can get bail? Do, who destroyed more lives, this bankman freak, or the J Sixers? The J Sixers they can't get out of jail 
come hell or high water. And this guy who ripped off the entire world, who donated to the to the political parties, who changed the course of it, he really did. He changed the course of history, gets to post bail. Now, if I saw this right, they say that it was something incredible like $5 billion, like with a B, $5 billion he ripped people off from, and they gave him a $2 million bail. I mean, that's, that's, like, that's like pennies, isn't it? But you know what's going on there, don't you, my friends? They're all caught up in it again, both the Republicans and a $250 million bond. Oh, yeah, he's ripped us off for billions, and they $250 million bond. Uh, by the way, when how long he's going to live? Anybody want to Paul, you want to make any bets on that one? Anybody want to make any wagers to get him, get him out of jail? I wonder how safe Sam Bankman is now that he doesn't want to, he's on house arrest. Huh? When we dive into this and we see, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. One other thing, and then I'm going to, going to change directions on you. They threw Carrie Lake's lawsuit out. Some cowardly judge out in Arizona threw out her lawsuit. When they proved 350 Thousand three hundred thousand ballots had no chain of custody. Three hundred thousand ballots dumped at the last minute, no chain of custody, and the judge said, "Well, they couldn't prove it was done intentionally." Now we know this, right? He passed the buck because he's not going to make the call, and it's going to be appealed, and she's going to appeal to the next one. But that's 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 where we are, and we're supposed to think our J six guys. Pastor Bill Dunphy, those guys are going to get a fair trial, right? They're going to get a fair trial. Uh, folks, we're in, we're, in, we're, in dire, we're in dire conditions here in the good old U.S. of A. Uh, let, me, let me open it up here real quickly. For, I, I want to I, – I don't know if you guys saw that posted on Facebook, a commentary that Joe Healy had written. I, I read it because it was so impactful to me that I read it. And uh, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get through it without crying. Because, uh, again, a wise man once said, those who forget the past are condemned to repeat it, right? And I don't know, uh, Rush Limbaugh always said that history begins the moment you were born. That really, for the average person, we really don't, we really don't care about history because we didn't experience it. And here I am, 70 years old, and I'm sitting around the, on our Christmas celebration yesterday trying to explain to my grandchildren Things that happened to Grampy when he was a kid that you know they they can't they can't understand that they, they they have no understanding of it. And one of the things that's happened to us is we have not done a good job through the public schools through everything. We have not done a good job of handing off our history to our children and our grandchildren. We haven't. And that's why they say those who forget the past are condemned to repeat it. So this writing by Joe Healer, we're going to get to here in a second, uh, really really touched touched me because. We've taught them so many things that are not important. We've taught them so many lies that as I looked across that beautiful family picture that we put up there, how what kind of job have I done of transferring the values my father transferred to me, to them? Have I done a very good job with it? Something we ought to really, really be concerned about. Myra, go ahead and pray us in here. And then I'm, we're going to, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, uh, this morning, I'm going to have certain ones of you read certain parts of this because I think it's apropos that we do it. Go ahead, Mike. 
Yes, Coach. Good morning, Harold. How are we doing? Um, the reading today is going to be from 1 Chronicles 28, 9 through 12. <clears throat> Thank you. All right. It is written, And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of the Father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found, O thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Man, that ought to scare us. <laughs> that ought to scare us. Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Then David gave to Solomon his son the pattern of the porch and of the house thereof, and of the treasuries thereof, and of the upper chambers thereof, and of the inner parlors thereof, and of the place of mercy seat. And the pattern, all that they had by the spirit of the courts of the house of the Lord, and all, all the chambers around about, of the treasuries of the house of God and of the treasuries of the dedicated things. Mm, amen. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to Coach Dave Harrell, and we open our hearts to you. I release the anointing that destroys the power of evil in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless you, Myra. Hey, two lighthearted Thank pictures you. I'm going to show you real quick. Pull up a picture of, of Mitch, <clears throat> Mitch and um, Ukraine. Somebody put that on Facebook. I thought that was pretty good. Mitch McConnell sitting on the lap of that freak over in the Ukraine that's taking all of our money from us. That's what's going on in America, huh? That's what's going on in America. I'm going to say it again. That's what's going on in America. They're taking all of our money and they're laundering it back to themselves. The money goes into the Ukraine and then it comes back to these to these people who. Well, Wicked, wicked time. And then pull up the picture of, uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, the government under, <laughs> uh, yeah, there we are. That's what the world sees. when they, That's what we see when we look at America and think of the greatest people that we, this great nation could raise up to be in control and give direction. When you look at that, when you look at that, look at that. Look at that. You know, they, they think maybe that this guy from Ukraine, they think he might be uh, he might be a homosexual or certainly bisexual. Did you know that? You know that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then look at those freaks behind him. Folks, those are, those are three of the most powerful people in the world right there. Man, oh man, I'd put Clay Parker up there before I put that guy up there. Clay could at least 
He was a daring young man on a flying trapeze. He could do some flips and stuff for us, other than what this guy did here. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Uh, okay, cool, cool. So here's what I want to do. Go ahead, Jack, real quickly. Go ahead. Can, is there a phone number that we can – is there a phone number that we can listen to the Brady on shows? I can't ever get Brady on. It's too busy. My computer, my laptop, my nothing works. Boy, that is a great question. I don't know. I, I'd love to be able to tune in driving and whatnot, but I, the stupid yeah, – the, the yeah, website's I, just way too busy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll check. It's fine. They'll find that out. Maybe Spencer can check that out for us. Probably, probably already is. Okay. Here's what I want to do. Uh, I want I want audience participation. So if you are willing to read a segment of what I'm going to throw up here on the screen, just go ahead and raise your hand, and then you can look. Good. That there you go. Now, Betty, are you guys raising your hand to speak on something different? Or are you willing to read? Okay, willing to read. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw this thing up here because this Joe Healy, I don't know if you guys know Joe or not. I know Glenn knows Joe. In fact, I got this thing from Glenn. And when I read it, I, I had to read it about three times. I can't. I said, Joe Healy wrote that? Joe Healy wrote that? I've, the, you guys understand what a crucible is? You understand what a crucible is? Crucible is a situation where it's crap or get off the pot. America's in a crucible. We are literally in a crucible right now. So I want to take time, and I, I, made, a, uh, I made about a 35-minute FaceTime video, Facebook video. It just it takes too long. I mean, it just, it's, a lot, it's a lot to watch, you know? I get it. But I, I was so impacted by this that I thought, uh, let's listen, it. listen to it. So here we go. Betty, your first one up, Betty. You can just start with Christmas in America. Go ahead, Betty. Christmas in America. Is it Santa Claus and toys for little girls and boys and mistletoe and holly and all that? Don't forget the eggnog and the gingerbread cookies and tasty treats and dinner feasts. Or perhaps it, it is the comfort and security of home and loved ones, blazing hearth and yuletide carols, frosted windows and snow-covered landscapes. Okay, and, amen. So is, is, that, is that what Christmas, Christmas is? Is that what Christmas is? Is that what Christmas has always been? You know, my mom told me this. My mom grew up in the time of the Depression. Anybody have parents always talking about when they were in the Depression, right? My mom, my mom said that they used to get, for Christmas, they would get an orange. That was a Christmas. She would get an orange. And she said they would, they would peel the orange and they would nibble at the, at the, at, at the uh, what do they call that? The peel. They would nibble the peel on the orange. And that was their Christmas. And we are so spoiled and so commercialized that we've lost sight of that. So, Betty, let's investigate. Let's investigate. Joe Healy wrote this. Betty, go ahead and read the next paragraph as well. And then after Betty, it's going to be a higher breath. Gonna be, you can see who's up there, right? A higher breath than Glenn and Clay. We'll just roll down through there. Go ahead, Betty. Read the first part. Betty. It was early December 1620 when a rather unseemly group of pioneers anchored at Cape Cod Bay. Sea wary, unprepared for a frozen welcome to a strange. They were religious dissenters, bucking the ecclesiastical authority of the Church of England and refusing to acknowledge the King of England as the head of the church. Hey, does that sound like where we are? Wait, does that kind of sound like where we are right now? Huh? Go ahead. According to them, Jesus Christ alone could make that claim. So after enduring much persecution at the hands of church and state authorities 
and much hardship in their daily rigor to live in the midst of 17th century England and Holland. They left for America to start from scratch. Okay, so they said that's it. Things got so bad, they said that's it. We're out of here. This before America. This is the founding of America. Go, Brett. Their first Christmas in America, they enjoyed freezing hands, cold enough to make difficult holding on acts, which they had to chop wood to erect a common house for shelter. Meager rations, general sickness, including scurvy, fever, consumption, and pneumonia. Six of, six of them died in December. In January, many lay sick in the common house when the roof caught fire and burned. Hey, Brett, this was their COVID. This was their COVID, Brett. The building was spared, but much of the needed clothing was consumed. Eight more died that month. In February, they were dying at a rate of two, sometimes three per day. And at one point, there remained only five men well enough to care for all the sick and attend to the other duties as as well. Cleaning, cooking, chopping wood, and manning the palisade. 17 more died. In all that winter, 47 died. Nearly half their original number, but they didn't buckle under and they didn't go back. So half of the people that came across with them died in the first Christmas, first winter. Unbelievable. They don't tell us this, right? Remember what they're telling us in schools, right? Oh, we're racist and we're killing the Indians and the Indians are killing the blacks and the slaves. And and see, again, they've rewritten history on us. Go ahead, Glenn. Such was the first Christmas of our forebears in America. The next year would test them severely once again. Then they would be reduced to a ration of five kernels of corn per day. What would they get, Glenn? What would they get? Five kernels of corn per day. Only five. And such was the resolve of those who laid the foundation for American liberty. Their aim was that the churches of God revert to their ancient purity and recover their primitive order, liberty and beauty. That was said by William Bradford of the Plymouth Plantation. And this is simplicity of devotion to our Savior preaching, teaching, singing, and free praying. They were faithful even in their distress. For them, the Christ of Bethlehem was a very real Savior for whom they would risk everything, including their lives, and upon whom they would depend for everything, including their survival. And in, and in this, he was faithful to provide. Hang on. Do you think your, you think your children and grandchildren know this story? Do you think... The kids in our public schools know this story. Go ahead, Clay. Do the next two, Clay. The general sat atop his gray horse and watched the somber procession of soldiers file past him. It was cold and dismal, and the prospects for the winter ahead of them, none could have borne had they known. In In other words, if they knew what was ahead of them, they couldn't have done it. That's right. Now, wait a minute. That's kind of where we are right now, really, is it? Do we have any idea what's ahead of us? Go on, Clay. In six days, it would be Christmas at Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, 1777. There they would set up their winter quarters. There they would be tested in the crucible of freedom. What was left of the American army trod quietly without complaint through the ice and snow 
leaving a bloody path behind them from their frozen feet wrapped with strips of cloth for footwear. They're Some marching without boots. They're marching without boots with cloth wrapped around their feet. Some were just barefoot. They were without food, without clothing, without beds, without supplies. And for every external reason, without hope. Their mm. eventual defeat seemed all but inevitable. Their chance of surviving the onslaught of the might of Great Britain seemed at that moment very remote indeed. The cold was already so severe that the rivers had frozen over. The snowdrifts were high, and they got higher. I thought about this, Clay. Hey, Clay, I thought about this in the weather that we just went through here this these last four days, how treacherous this weather was. Keep going. Keep going, man. They chopped and burned wood, huddled in their crude huts, which they assembled over the mouth of over the month of December and into January and tried to thaw their frozen limbs. They bunked 12 men per hut, which were smoky, dark, and drafty, but it was the best they could do with the resources available to them. They ate fire cake, meal after meal, wheat or cornmeal mixed with water, baked on a stone slab over the fire. Wow. Only occasionally getting a piece of salt pork or dried fish when a wagon with supplies managed to get through. Sickness set in. Influenza, smallpox, typhus, and exposure took a toll of one of every four men. Death, starvation, nakedness, and frostbite were overwhelming what remained of the whole American army. And yet, with all they did, they did not leave. They did not mutiny. They did not surrender. And they bore their sufferings with remarkable patience. Wow. (laughs) Hey, we get mad today when our window's broken, right? When our heat doesn't work for a couple days. See, those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it. Go ahead, Silver. Okay. Washington wrote, No history now extant can furnish an instance of an army suffering such uncommon hardships as ours has done and bearing them with the same patience and fortitude. To see men without clothes to cover their nakedness, without blankets to lie on, without shoes, for the want of which their marches might be traced by the blood from their feet, and submitting without murmur, is proof of a patience and obedience, which, in my opinion, can scarce be paralleled. But it even got worse. In February, he wrote, I am convinced beyond a doubt that unless some great and capital change suddenly takes place, this army must inevitably reduced to one or the other of these three things, starve, dissolve, or disperse in order to obtain subsistence. One civilian eyewitness, John Joseph Stout, wrote in his diary, For some days there has been little less than a famine in the camp, naked and starving as they are, as they are. We cannot enough admire the incomparable patience and fidelity of the soldiery that 
they have not been excited ere this by their suffering to a general mutiny and dispersion. Hmm. Indeed, the distress of this army for want of provisions is perhaps beyond anything you can conceive. Can you, again, picture this, folks? They had nothing. Which would you want? Gloves? Socks? Food? Water? Blankets? What? They, they, they didn't have anything, right? A- anything. Keep going. And then Paul. Hey, somebody else get in line behind Paul. This is audience participation. Keep going, Joe. But somehow, by providence, they survived. And Washington was on his knees amid the snow and the trees in fervent supplication to an unseen being whom mm. he claimed presided over the destinies of nations. Where was he now? These men, a couple of years earlier, full of spunk and spit, boldly proclaimed they would have no king but Jesus. Now they sat freezing, starving, exhausted, all but broken for Christmas in America. Valley Forge, 1777. There was a king seeking their subjugation. Mm. How comfortable it would be to become his subjects once again. But like the Magi long ago, who bowed low and worshipped the babe born in a stable in Bethlehem, these men bowed and paid homage to the same Savior, preferring the reproach of Christ to the treasures of Egypt. Those ancient travelers from the east defied Herod, the king from below, and his fury to pay heed to a king from above. They defied the king from below to obey the king from above. Wow. Those Americans stood fast and retained their cry, no king but Jesus, and incurred the wrath of earthly kings. Mm. It was not idly that the men of Marlborough, Massachusetts declared, death is more eligible than slavery. A freeborn people are not required by the religion of Jesus Christ to submit to tyranny, but may make use of such power as God has given them to recover and support their laws and liberties. We implore the ruler above the skies that he would make bare his arm in defense of his church and people and let Israel go. White privilege here, folks. We're reading about some white privilege here, just in in case you wondered, right? Go ahead, Dr. Paul. Isaac Potts, a Pennsylvania Quaker, resided near the Valley Forge encampment. As a pacifist and thus a non-combatant, he was a Christian not inclined to favor either side. Yet he permitted General Washington to use his home for a headquarters. One day, he saw the general's horse tethered to a tree in a nearby woods. As he quietly edged closer, he observed and overheard the general in prayer amongst the trees. Slipping away unnoticed, he ran home to his wife and reported, If George Washington be not a Christian, I am greatly deceived, and I shall be more greatly deceived if God do not, do not by him affect a great deliverance for America. Wow. As spring embedded closer and provisions continued to trickle in, the surviving soldiery gradually gained strength. Washington bought 
in a Prussian captain, Juan Baron von Steuben, an experienced military drill master with extensive combat experience. He proceeded to drill, train, and forge the young ragtag army into a disciplined fighting force. Through the crucible of freedom came out an army forged of steel. Amen. As they emerged from their fiery ordeal, the fresh hope hardened the resolve and a bounce in their step. Now life was infused into the American cause. Amen. One more paragraph, Paul. The slaves of a plantation in a Carolina countryside were granted a brief respite from their endless toll for Christmas. The slaves, get it, folks? These black people that we oppress, keep going, Paul. Though they were permitted though they were permitted to know little about the one for whom the day existed, other than he was a master of masters and the central figure of a religion that taught slaves, be obedient to your masters. They huddled in their shacks around the fireplace to keep warm and share the moment of relief and perhaps a meal a degree above normal and rest. Oh, rest, a pleasure seldom enjoyed, but some were too excited to rest. Neither the cold nor the whippings with which they were threatened could keep them from slealing away to the woods to meet the other slaves. They, there, they would sing, pray, and learn of a savior who had come for the poor, the downtrodden, the prisoners, and the slaves the poor sinners and meek souls who saw their need. It is somehow difficult for the rich and the well-born sinner to see himself or herself as a sinner at all. But these were the meek and the suffering, and nothing for them was easier than seeing they were sinners who needed a long savior who could himself relate top their, relate top their poverty, who suffered unjustly, and at the hands of oppressive authorities, but who would lead them to freedom, to joy, and to everlasting life. They may have been one in their midst, who again, the common practice of slaveholders, somehow, somehow, had managed to learn to read. It may have been one of the master's daughters, and their And there are recorded accounts of this, who, being a true believer and overcome with compassion for the lot of the slaves, secretly taught one of them to read and may have even supplied them with a Bible. You get the picture here, folks? It's Somebody taught one of the slaves to read, and the slave was able to go take the Bible and read it to other slaves. And later on, we'll find out about Indians, right? Again, this is a story that's not told. It's not told. Myra, go ahead. Yes, Coach. The gutters sat spellbound as the literate one read them. The ones who could read. So some of them sat there as the ones who could read read to them. Go ahead. Jesus Christ born in a Bethlehem stable amidst true beasts. Those only visitors were certain poor shepherds who received an angelic invitation and a group 
Eccentric star gazers from faraway lands, but this baby born into the obscurity will be the same one who will preach the gospel of salvation to the poor, proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of the sight to the blind, bind up to the brokenhearted, set free those who are in to the captives recovered to the brine and um, downtrodden. Uh, yeah. Who are downtrodden to proclaim the favorable year of the, of Jehovah. He is, he is the God who hears the cry of the unfortunate and concite, uncontrite for Jehovah is hurt to the brokenhearted and slaves, those who are crushed in spirit as they are in Psalms. Psalms, Jehovah is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. There are some, there are some typos here, folks. Sorry, go ahead. Distorations of a man-made religion and hypocrisy and notwithstanding the one's birth is worthy of of a celebration and is one's message worthy to joyful acceptance so worthy their slaves risk breeding to draw near to him so in other words the slaves would get beat if they were caught reading the bible right they were beat but they would risk it anyway so the testimony then the testimony go ahead betty the testimony so here um and so here we have another Christmas in America, an America that will have no king but Christ, an America where there will be no nobility but the nobility of the righteousness, righteous, by the recognition of their good work stand, uprightness of their character. These would be selected by the people as their representatives, an America where all men are created equal, possessing in, inalienable rights, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and America where all men will be judged equally before the laws. Amen. And have be the protections of trial by jury, and may others to safeguard their sacred rights given them by God. And America where a man can work to prosper himself and care for his own and keep the fruits of his labor. And America abounding with charity, goodwill, and benevolence one towards his neighbor. These are the results of Christmas in America. As Noah Webster would observe, the religion which has introduced civil liberty is the religion of Christ and his apostles. To this we are we owe our free constitution of government. And as Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson would exclaim, My God. How little do my countrymen know what a precious blessings they are in possession of and which no other people on earth enjoy. And John Adams, quite the visionary, would see what not many others could see. Writing to his wife concerning the birth of the nation, he said, It ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and eliminations from one end of this continent to the other, from this time forward forevermore. Go ahead, Ken. Go ahead, Kenneth. 
you will think me transported with enthusiasm. It should be enthusiasm, but I am not. I'm well aware of the toil and blood and treasure that it will cost to maintain this declaration and support and defend these states. Yet though, yet through all the gloom, I can see the rays of ravishing light and glory. I can see that the end is worth all the means. This is the faith of our fathers, and this is the true soul of America. The numerous Christmases of suffering by our forebears, forebears have laid the foundation for the liberties we possess and have paid the price for the blessings we enjoy. It began 2,000 years ago when the Savior born in a Beth- Bethlehem stable would have 30 years later hang on the cross to bear the sins of many and rise again from the dead. The suffering and the sacrifice yielded life and liberty. The pilgrims of Plymouth, Washington, and his men at Valley Forge to the true brethren among African slaves in the face of oppression from the false and corrupted brethren, holding to an outward form of religion that would only boast to have usurped the name Christian. Amen. Paid the price. And shall we be their worthy hearers? John Quincy Adams once spoke to futurity, that is, to us. Posterity, you will never know how much it has cost my generation to preserve your freedom. I hope you'll make good use of it. Go ahead, Doug. Go ahead, Silver. George Washington knelt at Valley Forge, no doubt in great anguish, and cried for deliverance, a very real deliverance, from death, from slavery, from starvation. Yet his admonition to his men remained to put away wickedness, to practice the Christian virtues, to dutifully attend to the divine services. To the distinguished character of a patriot, it should be our highest glory to add the more distinguished character of a Christian. How can we expect the blessings of heaven upon our arms if we offend the God of heaven by our conduct? He saw three works of God on behalf of his country. As Benjamin Franklin, who modern detractors and stone throwers have claimed was not a Christian himself, would remind his fellow delegates years later. In the beginning of our contest with Britain, when we were sensible of danger, when we had daily prayers in this room for divine protection, our prayers, sir, were heard, and they were graciously answered. All of us who were engaged in the struggle must have observed frequent instances of a superintending providence in our favor. And have we now forgotten this powerful friend? Or do we imagine we no longer need his assistance? But it was Washington more than any other who by his personal ordeal could remind his countrymen, no people can be bound to acknowledge and adore the invisible hand which conducts the affairs of men more than the people of the United States. Every step by which we have advanced to the character to the character of an independent nation seems to have been distinguished by some token of providential agency. The exhortation. Go ahead, Clay. This is our American history, and this is the faith of our fathers. 
faith in the God of the Bible and the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of mankind, not the religion of formalism. Hey, Clay, let's stop a minute, Clay. Folks, listen to this next next segment. This is this is profound. Start that again, Clay. This is our American history, and this is the faith of our fathers. Faith in the God of the Bible and the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of mankind. Not the religion of formalism and ritual, of lavish structures and gilded trimmings and affluence and avarice and pompous ecclesiastical establishments and regimented ignorance, but the pure and undefiled Christianity of heartfelt devotion, of truth, honor, courage, and sincere acts of charity towards one's fellow man. The Supreme Court of the United States did a careful inquiry of the history of America and the influence of Jesus Christ upon it and gave the following assessment. Church. By the way, folks, by the way, I got a couple emails from people who said they went and checked it. They admit they never knew that in the Church of the Holy Trinity versus the United States in 1892 that the Supreme Court declared the following. Keep going, Clay. This is Our a quote. Laws. This is a folks, this is a quote from Holy Trinity versus the United States. Our laws and institutions must necessarily be based upon the embodied the te- and embody the teachings of the Redeemer of mankind. It is impossible that it should be otherwise. And in this sense, and in this sense, and to the extent our civilization and our institutions are emphatically Christian, this is a religious people. This is this is historically true. From the discovery of this continent to the present hour, there is a single voice making this affirmation. We find everywhere a clear recognition of the same truth. These and many other matters, which might be noticed, add a volume of unofficial declarations to the mass of organic utterances that this is a Christian nation. This is a Christian nation declared by the Supreme Court. Mike McKee, jump in here quickly. It is for this reason, the Christian character of America, that there is freedom for all that multitudes from remote parts of the earth have flocked here, that we have been a city set upon a hill and a light to other na- to the nation. We are a chosen people, a redeeming nation. And like Israel, we are providentially assigned a commission and, to des- and a destiny to fulfill. It is incumbent upon us, then, who have been entrusted with so great legacy, uh, legacy and so vital a mission to take heed to the admonition of our forefathers, such as this one given by Abraham Lincoln in 1863, declaring a national day of fasting, humiliation, and prayer. This is when we went to Gettysburg, and we read this again at Gettysburg. Keep going there, Mike. We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious island, gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And and we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. 
Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace. Too proud to pray to the God that made us, it behooves us then to, to humble ourselves before the offended power, to confess our national sins, and pray for clemency and forgiveness. Pick it up there, Paul. America was not built on cornucopia and plenteous harvest nor burgeoning e e economies, I'm sorry, and industrial might. It was not. It was not her vast military establishments or the intellectual prowess of her sages. It was not her business savvy or political institutions. America was built on five kernels of corn a day, cloth strips wrapped around frozen, bleeding soldiers' feet, willing acceptance of lashes by slaves by prohibited Bible reading and acts of devotion to God Almighty, who hears the prayers of the humble and stern-faced men who defied bullets and bomb with a relentless cry, don't give up the ship. I love this. America was built on defiance. Amen. The defiance, oh God, this is so apropos. The defiance of earthly authorities to obey a heavenly one. The defiance of evil and the tyranny tread to make a way for the good and the righteous to flourish. And that the poor and the helpless may breathe free. Bring us home, Paul uh, Silver. Bring us home here. Keep ancient lands. This is, by the way, this is written on the Statue of Liberty, folks. Go ahead, Paul. All right, Silver. Keep ancient lands your storied pump, cries she, with silent lips. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift up my lamp beside the golden door. Emma Lazarus, the new Colossus at the state of Statue of Liberty. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Joe. Let us remember then this Christmas, that little known town of Bethlehem, in whose dark streets shineth the everlasting light. Let us be as those shepherds who went to see him, whose birth the angels sing. Let us appreciate those who have gone before us and suffered greatly in the holy cause of liberty. And may we come to understand how silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ's enters in and have a Merry Christmas in America. Amen. Amen. Folks, let us never, ever forget that Christianity in America is about defiance and perseverance. Defiance and perseverance. Let that be our cry as we enter here into, man, 364 days from today. It's going to be Christmas again. What's America going to look like then? Blessings. See you tomorrow.